Adam Crowley Show. Uh, we got to earn tomorrow. That's French. <laughs> That's yeah. your French. Yes. That's we and me, 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 woo, poo, poo. Very good French. I agree. That was excellent. So good. I could do right, cook, goodish. The Flyers going to win. We are going to earn tomorrow. Adam Crowley. It's not even funny. On ESPN Pittsburgh. We talk all the time on this show about not taking sports too seriously. They're fun. Our show is fun. And Saturday put all that into context. 11 people shot dead in a place of worship by a man filled with evil and hate. We'll get into the hijinks and sports and all the fun stuff we do because it's important to move on in order to heal. But it needs to be mentioned. Pittsburgh has come together, though. A bunch of businesses opened up to allow people to come in for free. The vigil that was impromptu was incredibly moving. Mayor Bill Peduto has been inspiring. And really, the entire community of Squirrel Hill has pulled together. The way that you knew it would. The way that you knew that this community would come together. That's what makes Pittsburgh so damn great, is that you've got people of different races, creeds, nationalities, religions, that all find a way to get along. And that's one of the reasons this was so tragic, was that it happened in Squirrel Hill, which is really a beacon for all of those things here in the city of Pittsburgh. It was a place where you wouldn't expect something like this to happen. Not that you should ever have to expect it to happen anywhere, but I know that Pittsburgh will come out Better on the other side. Stronger on the other side. Better not the right word. Stronger, though. More unified. Hug your loved ones. Thank cops. The surgeons, the doctors, the nurses, the EMTs, everyone who went above and beyond Saturday. Thanks. Now's the time where I not so gracefully move on to a football game, which I suppose is part of the healing process, too. Pittsburgh is defined by many things. I think one of the things that best defines the city is its love and appreciation and loyalty to a football team. And that football team, well, they performed well on Sunday. You have found the Crowley Show. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter at FBomber73 at Button Pusher. 970. The Steelers did what they were supposed to do, what championship teams do. We can focus on the negatives if we want, and we will. And we can talk about how slow they were out of the gate, zero touchdowns in the first quarter after the bye since 2007. We can talk about the inexcusable lack of fielding the free kick and the subsequent penalty aided drive. Or we can talk about the reality of this game. That the Steelers beat the bleep out of the Browns. After the first quarter and before the garbage time touchdown for the Browns, the Steelers outgained Cleveland 403 to 43. That is plus 360 in the total yardage. The Steelers have been known to play down to their level of competition. That's not what happened here. They could throw the ball if they wanted, they could run the ball if they wanted, and Cleveland could do neither. I thought the turning point in that game 
towards domination was the Steelers' final drive of the first half. 16 plays, 87 yards, and they shoved it right up the backsides of them brownies. I thought Tomlin showed balls going forward on fourth and one at the Cleveland Four with 15 seconds left. The problem there is, if you don't get it, you're not getting any points, and then Cleveland's got the momentum going into the half. And if you throw the ball and it's caught short of the sticks, well, then the time's going to run out. Or not short of the sticks, but it's caught, well, there's a timeout. I didn't necessarily think it was the best idea, but it was balls. Go for it on fourth and one, Cleveland four with 15 seconds left. Then they went for the touchdown with eight seconds left, where they may have typically kicked a field goal. That is cojones. Steelers are scoring on 70% of their red zone possessions. Now, the offensive line being dominant, that helps. But if you're looking for a turning point in this game, a moment where the Steelers said, we're the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're the mother bleeping Cleveland Browns, it was the end of the first half. It was that 16-play, 87-yard drive after the Joe Hayden interception where they just said, you can't stop us. And it was seven-plus minutes off the clock. They knew they were getting the ball back at half. See you later. That drive not only turned the tide for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it also may have changed forever the franchise of the Cleveland Browns. Now gone is Hugh Jackson. Breaking news, fired. Now gone is Todd Haley. Breaking news, fired. And the head coach now of the Cleveland Browns is a man who once paid his players to maim and injure others. He is former defensive coordinator, and I guess still current D.C., right? Greg Williams. There was speculation earlier on today when it was heard that Hugh Jackson was going to be fired, that Todd Haley might be the dude to take over. No. I hear Upper St. Clair might need an offensive coordinator, though. I wonder if it'll be Todd. They are a dumpster fire. Baker Mayfield, that poor guy, is (laughs) just another in a long list of quarterbacks who has been treated terribly by this franchise. Now, it's not that they're doing it to hurt him. In fact, they're doing it to help him. But when he's drafted, he assumes that he's going to have the same offensive coordinator for a whole year. You assume you're going to have the same head coach for the whole year. Now, in Cleveland, you can never typically assume the head coach thing, but you at least think the OC that they brought in is going to stick. Here's betting that Baker and Todd Haley might not have been getting along, or here's betting that they just don't think in Cleveland that Todd Haley's the guy. Clearly, they don't, to bring Baker Mayfield along. You want to talk about dysfunction, though? The Steelers, for all the problems that they have, and there's another one today, brought up by Tim Benz on Steelers Wire, that Artie Burns was benched on Sunday because he was late for a walkthrough. That's not good whenever you're trying to actually be good for the first time all year long. That's drama. There's a difference between that and absolute, utter dysfunction. And that's what the Browns have going. John Dorsey comes in, and he's got an idea. And Hugh Jackson winds up, what, more than tripling his... Win-loss total this year, and yet he's still gone. Baker Mayfield, rookie quarterback, spends a lot of time on his back on Sunday. So, up, oh, see you later. You're gone. And you know what? Take the offensive coordinator, too. That's the rare power struggle where nobody wins. The rare power struggle where, no, man, I got it my way. No, man, I got it my way. And then John Dorsey slams the gavel and says, actually, both you mofos are gone. You might 
think the Steelers have had problems. You might say the Steelers have been dysfunctional. They've had their problems. It's all relative, but they ain't the Browns. Keep that in mind. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. A lot of great takeaways from this game. We're going to get to a lot of those at 5 o'clock. The offensive line. Mark Caballi, who's joining us at 520, said they haven't been getting their just due. They deserve more credit. Stan Saverin today on his program said the Steelers' offensive line hasn't been getting its due. Hey, guys, I've been talking about how great the offensive line's been for three weeks. I said this is the best the Steelers' offensive line has played since 2005, and all that they did on Sunday was back that up. The defense finally has an identity. They can get after the quarterback, and Joe Hayden's an absolute stud. There are a lot of good things to take from this game. James Conner. Le'Veon who? James Conner has 922 total yards this year and nine touchdowns. He has over 100 yards and two touchdowns in each of the last three weeks. That hasn't happened before for the Steelers. They've had some pretty good backs. Jerome Bettis, Franco Harris. Yeah. He's pretty damn good. Most of the credit for me, though, goes to the offensive line. And I've been crediting them for weeks now. But they played the way that we should expect them to play. And they played that way without even Marcus Gilbert. But enough of the positive. Because I'll get into that in more detail. There are things, though, that did not go the way that they should have gone in this game. That need to be cleaned up. Because if they do these things, or have this mindset against better teams, greater teams, teams like Baltimore on Sunday, they will lose. Steelers got a safety when Bud Dupree was held in the end zone. I thought he had a very good game. That should have won the Steelers the game. It was a 10-point game. Steelers were getting the ball back on the free kick. And they could have put the bleepers away. But Rosie Nix called for the fair catch, and Switzer moved out of the way, and the Browns gained 80 yards-ish of field position, getting it at the Pittsburgh 24. I know that's an obscure situation. But it is one that Danny Smith and Mike Tomlin need to bring to the attention of the players prior to the free kick. When something odd happens, and safeties are somewhat of an oddity. Not really, but you don't see one every single game. It's something you need to practice, but probably not something you practice every day either. So because of that, Danny Smith needs to get all his return guys. Mike Tomlin needs to get all his return guys and say, Dude, if the ball bounces, jump on it. If the ball starts rolling away from you, don't just let Cleveland hop on the thing. This ain't a punt. It's a free kick. If the Steelers don't know that rule, and that was admitted by Switzer, what other rules don't the Steelers know? Because I knew it. I'm sitting there going, oh, gee, what are you doing there? Now, that being said, (laughs) I don't think the Browns knew it. Because not one of them stood up with the football all excited. I didn't see the Browns going berserk. Oh, we got it. Oh, my God. What a change of momentum. No, they didn't know. But their coach got fired today. So that doesn't surprise me. What surprises me, though, is Ryan Switzer, who's brought in here to be a special teams ace, didn't know a special teams rule. That's bad coaching. Whether it's Danny Smith, whether it's Mike Tomlin, both really... That's bad coaching. Other thing is, Steelers were slow out of the gate. 
Browns could have been up 9 nothing in this one. And if you want to go a little bit further, had they taken those field goal drives and made them touchdown drives, well, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. And the Steelers' defense was getting run over. Screens were being thrown and completed and gashing the Steelers' defense. And the Steelers' offense had no first downs on the first three drives. There's a Big Ben pick. It's not something that's new. This team comes out slow out of buys all the time. It's odd. The goal is to get a buy in the playoffs. It's something you're supposed to want. The hope would be that you don't start out slow. The hope would be, yeah, we've prepared a bunch. They haven't played in a while. We're chopping at the bit to get out there. But we saw what happened against the Jags last year in the playoffs. The other thing I didn't like was the defense was highly penalized on the drive following the free kick disaster. Now, I thought all the calls were legit. So, bad. Here's something else that sucked. Justin Hunter. He just isn't good. He slowed up on a couple of routes. First deep ball, he turned his head around too early. Two catches, 15 yards. Let James Washington play. He's not going to be as bad as that, right? He showed in the preseason he can attack the ball in the air. There's a reason why Justin Hunter's been a journeyman. Artie Burns didn't play, and according to Tim Benz, it's because he didn't show up for a walkthrough. That is utterly unacceptable, and it's a terrible look when he's been looking terrible. Cody Sensabaugh played until he got hurt, and then Sutton went in for him at that point. So I guess one of the negatives is for Artie Burns because he didn't get a shot. Coming up next, James Conner has made the Le'Veon Bell situation totally moot. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Love you, 970 ESPN. It's the Adam a- Crowley, I think it is. He's a good guy. He really is. He's a good host. I enjoyed me. You know what? And now we're talking about a weekly spot of the show. And I'm just telling Adam, I better be picked. Freebies are open. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Jeffrey tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. The last coach with a winning record for the Browns was Marty Schottenheimer. <laughs> 1984 to 1989. It's funny because Marty Schottenheimer was fired as the head coach of the Chargers after a 14-2 season. God, we don't know what we're doing with hiring and firing in the NFL, do we? Schott- Schottenheimer's only a genius when he's working with mediocrity. That's the thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you tell me to pick the most milk toast coach in NFL history, I think if I slap down a hand with Marty Schottenheimer, I think I win. It's a pretty good hand, but I could counter with like a Jim Caldwell, even like a Marvin Lewis, maybe. There's a lot of milk toast. Marvin, Marvin Lewis is good. Your point stands, though. There's too much milk toast out there in the NFL coaching. Jeff world. Fisher. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, I lost my own hand. I, I slapped the hand down, but I was wrong there. Here's what needs to happen with the Browns. We'll get to James Conner making Le'Veon Bell in a second here. 
But I think the way you succeed in this league, obviously, is you have a good quarterback. But you have to nurture that good quarterback. And you see what the Eagles have done with Peterson. That offense is awesome. And he has turned Wentz into a legit number one in this league. Wentz would have been the MVP, I think, last year had he stayed healthy. But he gets hurt. He also won the Super Bowl with Nick Flipping Foles, who put up 41 points in the hardest game to put points up in the world. Look at what's going on with the Chiefs. Andy Reid, offensively-oriented coach. You have the young quarterback, and all of a sudden, that young quarterback looks awesome. Hell, he made Alex Smith look good for a handful of years. Sean McVay took over for Jeff Milktoast Fisher, where they were going 7-9 and nine perennially. Jared Goff looked like, oh my God, why'd we pick this guy? And then last year, he looks like a guy you can win with. This year looks like a guy you can win with. They haven't lost, in fact, with him yet. You have to get coaches who are creative offensively, coaches who can nurture the young quarterbacks. That's how you have success in this league now. The days of hiring the defensive-minded coach, eh, I don't buy it. Eh, it's not the way you go. What's the most important position in football, Tom? The quarterback. It is. Good answer. I was nervous there. 15 points, Gryffindor. Beggars can't be choosing. Get out of here. So with that quarterback, you have to give them the opportunity to succeed. You look at Shot. Uh, who? What the hell's his name? The guy. Schottenheimer. No, nah, not Schottenheimer. I read Schottenheimer when I was going to say his name. Caldwell. No, not Ca- Lewis? no, 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 no. We're not doing milk not doing coaches. No, no, no. Well, we are doing coaches. The guy who was hired, Shanahan. Shanahan. Who's Which one? By the Forty Nine. Kyle. Kyle. Forty Niners. One of the best offenses in the league a couple of years ago with Atlanta. One of the best in NFL history, in fact. They averaged 3.03 yards per play. He gets hired to go out to the 49ers. If they had their quarterback, they'd be good. He's hurt. But I think that's the way to go. Now, Hugh Jackson was an offensively oriented coach. But he had been a head coach before, and it hadn't gone well. Plus, if you hear the guy speak, he doesn't exactly ooze confidence. To be a head coach, you have to know that you're good, believe that you're good, and not say after every sentence, I'm the head coach. If you have to tell people that you have clout, you have no clout. Sorry to see Todd Haley go. I bet you he'll be back this weekend to hang out at Tequila Cowboy. 412-922-2874. Tweet me, at underscore Adam Crowley. James Conner has really made this whole Le'Veon Bell situation moot, hasn't he? I mean, he has made that which would have been topic numero uno every single day still be topic numero uno, but be topic numero uno differently. Through seven games last year, Bell had 898 total yards and four touchdowns. Conner has 922 and nine touchdowns. So total yardage comparable, nine touchdowns, ah, it's a lot better. James Conner is the first player in Steelers history to rush for 100 yards and two touchdowns in three straight games. Think about the running backs that have played for the Steelers. The Hall of Fame running backs. Jerome Bettis. James Franco. <laughs> Franco Who could forget James Franco? Franco Harris, my God. Great back. <laughs> James Franco coming out of the backfield in motion now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, my God, the poor Steelers. He's coming out on the wheel route. James Franco, dead. (laughs) Franco Harris. You sure? And Le'Veon Bell. 
And yet James Conner is the first player in Steelers history to rush for 100 yards and two touchdowns in three straight games. I don't even see movies. Why the hell am I thinking of James I Franco? I don't wild. know. It's so bizarre. It's not even like Franco's his last name. It wasn't even his first name. Like, it's weird. I'm always about more talent being better. I think you win championships because of talent. The attitude crap, eh, it's overrated. That being said, what? That being said, are we really sure that Le'Veon Bell is going to be better than James Conner right when he comes oh, back? Oh, no. I don't think right when he comes back. Ah, I win! But don't you think that the best case scenario for the Steelers is he comes back, you work him in with Le'Veon Bell for first week, second week, third week, then all of a sudden, you know, Ben dumps one off him when he's spelling Conner and he takes it 30 yards, makes like five people miss, and you're like, wow, that looks a lot like Le'Veon Bell. I want to play him a lot. Hey, Tom. You know how many times that Le'Veon Bell went 30 yards on a catcher carry last year? It was zero. Can I try this, Crowley? Can I throw up a little uh, thing for you to argue? A hypothetical? Well, not a hypothetical. No. I'm just, what about the chemistry, Tom? Oh, you mean the chemistry with the team? Oh, yeah, that's very important. Mess it up. Because the teammates clearly hate him, right? I mean, Vince Williams isn't tweeting out, I can't wait to see what Connor and Juice do together with a bunch of flame emojis. I mean, they hate that guy. Are we doing this in a vacuum? I mean, is this we one of these circumstances we where we just have to pretend like Le'Veon Bell's going to come back and he's going to be happy and the Steelers are going to be happy to see him and they're going to use him in the way that they should use him? Look, if this was New Orleans or this is Los Angeles or this Kansas was City. Kansas City, any one of those teams with great offensive-minded football coaches, I would be champing at the bit. To get this guy back. Imagine Le'Veon Bell coming in motion and you fake it to him, hand it off to James Conner. Imagine James Conner in motion. You fake it to him, you give the ball to Le'Veon Bell. Imagine both guys lined up in the slot. One guy motions back through the back, then you hand him the football. They could do so many creative things with both guys. But Mike Tomlin has always been a one-back dude. Always. Now, he spelled James Conner a little bit in yesterday's game with Stephen Ridley, who promptly fumbled, and then with Jalen Samuels, but... He doesn't typically like to use multiple backs. So I don't think it's going to happen the way that we all want it to happen in the vacuum. So I'd rather it be the way it is. I know it works. And I also know that when Le'Veon comes back, he's not going to be Le'Veon Bell at 100%. Is 100% of Le'Veon Bell better than James Conner? Oh, my God. Yeah, I think Bell's a Hall of Fame talent. But he averaged 60 yards per game the first three games last year because he was rusty after missing all the camp. Now he's missed the entire season. Forget about missing camp. Bell would have missed the first 10 games or whatever will wind up having been. Is he going to be in football shape? Is he going to be ready to hop in and have chemistry with the offensive line? No. And no. I will take 100% James Conner over less than 100% Le'Veon Bell. So would you would you say that your main reservation with the uh, the whole two headed monster that could be coming in the backfield is just that it's too much talent for the Steelers coaching staff to handle? I think when you call it a two headed monster, we make the assumption that they'd use both and players. They won't. And That's they what won't. you're saying exactly. Okay. It would it would, which be, would be a waste. Which would be a waste. And it will be a waste. Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers use one back. It's just what they do. So the problem is, I think all this mojo they got going. Mojination, as Craig Wolfley would say. All this chemistry they have with James Conner plowing ahead. I think it goes away in the running game, which has been a strength, which is your identity now, is something that you're in, instead working on. 
Your identity is that your offensive line is blowing MFers off the ball, and all of a sudden you're going to have to ratchet that back three weeks because you're waiting on this guy to catch up? No, F that. You've got to make the playoffs. You're not in a position where you can cough up three games, a game, two games, because you're trying to catch up a guy who's not been there for the whole semester. And really, look at the way James Conner's running. If you looked at him, like you looked at it, and just say you changed the jersey, and that name on his stats this year was Le'Veon Bell, would you be satisfied with what Lev was doing? You you get where I'm coming from? Oh, yeah. Like, you look down and you see, hey, here's James Stad. He's got nine TDs on the year. Huh. And if that's Lev, you're satisfied. You're like, yeah, that's our back. That's our dude. But guess what, guys? It's James Conner. So Lev is really not needed to this point. You can argue all day long who's better. We're getting the numbers we need out of James Conner. It's such a good point. You don't have a problem to fix right now. You don't at all. And, I mean, it's cliche, but if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. You don't it. fix it. You could even say if you replaced James Conner's name with Le'Veon Bell and looked at the stats, you'd be going, wow, Bell's having a better year he's than he Bell's, was last year. Bell's he's, having a he great looks year. Better. Yeah. But Crowley, to use one of your points that you've been hammering home these past couple weeks and kind of use it against you here, do you think that Conner's numbers are so good because the offensive line has been better than it ever has before? Yes and no. Yes, because clearly they've been amazing. Best ever. They've ever been, yeah. I think so, and, and he gets to the second level with regularity. No, at the same time, because he's not going down ever at no, first contact. Dragon bodies. Yes. He's, that spin move is now as patented as Le'Veon Bell waiting in the hole. He'll lower his shoulder. He is a wrecking ball. He's broke more tackles, broken more tackles. Doesn't matter. He's messed more bodies up than any running back in football. And his style is actually inspiring the team. The team is yep. getting jacked up on his style. They're like, this is badass. It's actually motivating his team to play better. A lot of the guys on the team are talking about that. It's a fun style to watch. It's kind of like a little guy going up against, and he just happens to get through. Given everything that Le'Veon Bell has done to this team if they're playing the victim and we know that they did it's easy to get fired up for James Conner I also think his running style is easier to block for I mean hit your block get to the second level that's it you don't have to hold your block for quite as long to have Le'Veon Bell pick and pick it through it that doesn't mean Le'Veon's a bad player Le'Veon I still think is better than James Conner yeah but James Conner's a top 10 uh, this is crazy I think he's a top 10 back in this league <laughs> no, now you're right and at the beginning of the season I said he was just a guy. I was wrong. How, why was I supposed to believe that he was all of a sudden going to be great? Because he did it at Pitt before he lost all this weight. I mean, he's a slim-down guy now. He's, his speed is evident, too. His explosive plays are really blowing Le'Veon Bell's explosiveness, not in the passing game, you know, going over the top, but it's blowing it out of the water. After his big runs, too, watch the body language of the defenders and then watch the body language of, like, Bell as he gets up. Like, Bell's popping right back up and throwing the ball to the ref and jogging right to the huddle, and the defenders are like, jeez, oh, man, this guy is an absolute monster. Like, Did you mean Connor? Connor, yes, of course. Oh, see, it's easy, it's easy, it's easy, it's easy to easy forget to switch, him. yes, but, yeah, I mean, but he's looking like Bell out there. He's making defenders look stupid. I mean, do you worry, though, about... His health because of that same thing, because he's going to drop a shoulder into you on every single play. You don't see him take a play off, although no. you don't see him take a play off, although Mike Tomlin has pulled him out a couple of times to spell him. But that's another factor why I think it's stupid to just say, oh, we don't need Bell back at all. 
because Connor's playing so well. Well, Connor could get hurt, and then at that point, you do want Le'Veon Bell back because he is still, even if it's the 80%, 70% Le'Veon Bell that you said he's going to get back, that's still better than Samuels or Ridley if Connor's out. Is he a knuckleball, though? Is he Tim Wakefield coming in and you got to switch up the catcher? Because I think in the middle the of the offensive a, line, you mean? Yeah, I think if you're in the middle of a game and you're handing the ball to Connor, 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 and bam, 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 right up the hole, and then you start handing it off to Le'Veon Bell, it might be a little bit of a drastic change in the midst of a football game. I don't know, though. I mean, I'm not out there blocking. I mean, you got the line gelling with Connor right now. You too, do. And that's a whole other angle, whether Lev is, is, is on page with these guys. He's going to come in. Sure, he can run, but is he going to be right in step with these guys and, and finding the holes he needs to find? No. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think I can safely say that answer. No, he's not, because last year he didn't, right off the shoot. And they had all kind of problems. I mean, I still think Ben was nicked up. And you had Martavis Bryant finally coming back. There were a lot of moving parts in the offensive side last year, which would lend itself to a slow start. But Le'Veon Bell not showing up for training camp was one of them, and I think the biggest one. Let's go to Mr. Anderson calling from the Matrix. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Us guys who, who, who watched this young man play in college are, are not surprised by this. We talked about him last year, but nobody wanted to hear it. So it's, it's good, and we pray for him, so we're glad he's doing well. But if, it, if anybody on this Steelers team is not smart enough, like the New Orleans Saints, to be able to use two good backs, then that's why we're stuck in this predicament every year, talking about, well, how do we use this guy? Well, how do we use that guy? It's easy. If the New Orleans Saints can do it, and, and, and Drew Brees still throws for like 5,000 yards, use the weapons you got, and, 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 and somebody swallow their pride and stop saying, well, we can't use him because of this. We can't use him because yes. of that. Please. Uh, see, I understand where you're coming from because, again, we're talking about it in the vacuum. But you really think, right. you really think Le'Veon Bell is going to put aside his pride? No. Well, he has to play. So if he comes back, he's going to have to play the rest of these games. It's not about how much you work him into it. Let's not. My main concern is, if we're going forward, don't kill James Conner. That's the same thing you did to Led Bell. They want to use him and, and, and just wear him down. you got to have a second back. You need two backs today. And, if and you're not going to pay him, then you got to have two backs today to make this thing work. If you want to be like offense, defense, you got to have two backs. you got to use two. So if we got this great guy that's going to come back, why not use him? Everybody's I, 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 looking for a reason not to use him. Use them and save John James Conner for the future. What they're going to do and what they should do are two different things. It's just the way it goes. And I appreciate the call, Mr. Anderson. I will call BS, though, on this. Anybody who would say that they expected James Conner to have 922 all-purpose yards and nine touchdowns through the first seven weeks of the season when no other back in Steelers history has done it is, is lying. Well, I saw this cut. No one did. No one saw that coming. You might have thought he'd be good, he didn't think he'd be this freaking good. He didn't think he'd have three straight games of 100 yards and two touchdowns. No one's done that in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now this guy was going to? Come on. Come on. I watched him in college. I watched Tavon Austin in college. Doesn't mean that he turned into a great NFL player because I wanted him to be. Yeah, Jason White won the Heisman in college. I don't even think he made an NFL roster. Jason White <laughs> was the... I can't believe he robbed Fitzgerald of that Heisman. That still eats away at me to this day. That's the best college football player I've ever seen suck that bad at being a pro. It was also an absolute joke that he won it over Fitz. Fitzgerald was by far the best player in, in the college country. football. Oh, it's disgusting. It's now disgusting. get out of here with this pit talk. Yeah, see, just railroaded. Disgusting. Jeez. Railroaded the thing. You know, as Steelers fans, though, seriously, back to the Connor thing, 
you got to kind of, I, I equate it to the Murray and Flurry thing. You have two goalies and you're so busy arguing which one is better <laughs> that you neglect to see that you are, you have an embarrassment of riches again at the position of running back once Le'Veon Bell comes back. And if he comes back, they're going to put him in. He's going to play the game. That's not that's not even a question. He will be a second back. There's no nobody even disputes that. But it's a good problem to well, have. Who the- would have thought le- losing Le'Veon Bell would be something that so- we could go, Oh, all right. It's all right if we it, don't have him. It is a good thing. I will dispute it though, and I will say because I don't, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be the number two back. He should be the number two back, but I have a feeling Mike Tomlin wants Le'Veon Bell there more than anybody else. I think Mike Tomlin says I want Le'Veon Bell to be my bell cow, and that's stupid. But we'll have to find out, and that's what I'll. Well, when we come back, I see what you did there, bell cow, bell cow. Yeah, I know it was so bad of a joke that it made my tease oh, I loved it. flounder. It was Move. a great joke. Uh, yeah. Move on. Move on. That was a good joke. Coming up next, I'll tell you how the Steelers should use Le'Veon Bell if he does come back, and I'll tell you one report that suggests he might not. Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. He did a couple of annoying radio-y, hot-takey things that I wouldn't have done where he goes, go ahead and tell me why you don't think what Tom Wilson did was illegal, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Explain what you think, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Okay, tough guy. Would you take a 100% Le'Veon Bell over an 80%? Pardon me. Would you take a 100% James Conner over an 80% Le'Veon Bell? Yeah. Yeah. Would you take... I think by definition we have an 80% Le'Veon Bell and James Conner. That's a great point, Brian. Would you take 100% of James Conner over 81% of Le'Veon Bell? Let's yeah. just jump up to, I'd go 90, as high as 90. So you're saying if Bell's 90, you're taking Bell? No, if Bell's 90, I'd still take Connor. So Anything 91. over 90, okay. I'm going with uh, Bell. Okay, good. I'm happy you drew that line there. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy we were able to hop over that. The 90, because you were going to go 82. You don't know what I was going to do. You Were you? Tell me. I'll go 85. Look at, look at me in the eye and tell me if you were going to go through every number. I could sense the bit was going to fail. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy you cut me off. Before I went into that any further. Okay. Yeah. Jason Lockconfora is reporting the Steelers want to trade Bell. So maybe they do get it. Maybe they will say, you know what, James is our guy. We don't want to ruin the chemistry. We don't want James Conner to, or pardon me, I keep doing this now. James Conner's been so good that every time I want to say Le'Veon Bell, I say James Conner. I think maybe the Steelers realize that Getting Le'Veon back means that you'd be tempted to play him, would play him, and then he wouldn't be great right off the shoot, and then you'd be slower at the running position than you would like to be. Maybe they get all of what I've been saying, and they're going to move the guy. Here's what I think is going to happen. I bet you he doesn't get traded because it's really tough to do, and you've only got one more day. And I bet you when he comes back, James Conner's given the first few touches. And then Le'Veon Bell is plugged in way earlier than any of us would have thought he would be. Uh, I think Mike Tomlin has such a history with Le'Veon, is tight enough with Le'Veon, thinks Le'Veon's that good that he would wind up playing him before people would realize that he'd play him. There's a lot of talk of James Conner clearly going to be the number one dude. In a vacuum, in a perfect world, in my utopia, James Conner 
would be the guy while Le'Veon Bell ramped up. But this ain't my utopia. This is what Mike Tomlin is going to do. It's predicting what a coach would try to do. It's predicting what Mike Tomlin thinks about the running back position. And what we've learned about Mike Tomlin at the running back position is they use one guy and they'll use the guy that they think's the best because he is the best. And when they think he's the best and he is the best, why take him off the field? And if that's Le'Veon, why take him off the field in Mike Tomlin's mindset? Hell, they wanted to pay this guy $14.5 million this year. They offered him $30 million reportedly guaranteed. So they love Le'Veon Bell, what he can do on the football field. How quickly would the transition happen? We shall see. 412-922-2874. We've talked a lot about the identities on both sides of the ball. Offensive line on offense. Defense getting after the quarterback on that side of the ball. One thing they did yesterday that they hadn't done in a couple of previous losses is stick with the running game. Connor had 36 yards on his first 12 carries, 110 on his next 12. The Steelers stuck with the run, and it paid off. But they didn't in a couple of earlier losses. That's what happens early in the season. You're developing what you are as a football team. Early in the year, the Steelers didn't know they were going to be good enough at running the ball. They didn't have enough faith in James Conner. It's another reason why I think Le'Veon Bell is going to get another big old shot when he comes back. But they ran it 11 times for 19 yards against the Ravens in Week 4, despite going into halftime tied at 14. You have an entire half to run the football. And you only run it 11 times for 19 yards. Bad. It's why they lost. Against the Chiefs, whose run defense sucks out loud 13 times for 33 yards. Despite, again, it being 21-21 at halftime. People get all caught up with the Steelers trailing in those games, but it was a brand new game at the half. They're 30 minutes in each of those games to establish the run, and the Steelers refused to do so. Now against Baltimore... Maybe they just didn't think they were good enough to do it because Baltimore's defense is very good. But against Kansas City, there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't have slowed the game down and still found a way to punch the ball in the end zone by running the ball. Not sticking with the run could have very well cost the Steelers two games this year, both at home. But this does come back to identity. I've been saying it for weeks. It's the best offensive line for the Steelers since about 2005. This week, Marcus Gilbert didn't dress, and they were still dominant. It took time, but the Steelers now know that if they aren't having success running the ball, they will eventually. 412-922-2874. Joey Bag of Donuts says, what about 69% Le'Veon Bell? Nice. Nice. Jamie says, Connor earned that spot. Put Bell in the slot wide receiver set with A.B., Juju, and Vance with Connor in the backfield. Again. They will play around. I don't doubt that at all. But it's not going to be as much as you want them to. And, yes, Justin Hunter sucks, but Justin Hunter's still probably a better wide receiver than Le'Veon Bell. And he does things in the framework of an offense that are different than what Le'Veon would do in the framework of an offense. If Le'Veon Bell does come in as your number three wide receiver, number four wide receiver at times, it's not to take deep shots down the field. It's just not the way it works. So... It's all well and good. Again, Utopia, sure. You've got all those different weapons on the field, and you're making the defensive coordinator pee because he's so scared. 
But what the Steelers will do is probably not that. Thomas says Steelers not trading Bell. And do you know what his bonus? You got to start reading. Got to start those, reading him off the air. Oh my yeah, gosh! Man. Every yeah. day. Do you know what his bonus? Oh boy, I did it again. <laughs> do you know what it? Because he, he he put his bonus signing, not signing bonus. Oh, it's his fault. Yeah. It is his fault. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what his bonus signing was? Thirty three. As it. <clears throat> do you know what his signing bonus was? Thirty. This is so bad. Punting. Just quit. I'm punting. What he was going to ask is. You it, read tweets real good. Real good. <laughs> What's going ask? I'm embarrassed. What's going ask? Tell me what's going ask. Joey Bag Donuts says Tell bonus signer. Talk about bonus. Signing bonus. 33 million. <laughs> bag Donuts. He's asking me why I think it was $33 million for the signing bonus, not the 17 that was reported by Jeremy Fowler. We had Jeremy Fowler on to talk about that, and the Steelers say that the bonus is guaranteed. And they don't consider the first year being guaranteed, but because it is the first year and you start playing, it actually is. So, while it's technically only 17, it really was 33. Does that make sense? Let me try to read that tweet again. Trading not Steelers Bell. Okay. That's not what I And you know what his bonus signing was 33 as it was. All right. I really want to read this. So that you you can all understand why I've had the problems. <laughs> but you can't. <laughs> I couldn't because he I, might be though. That might just be how it's written. It what might I, be written that poorly. It is. What I was trying to do was be smart about it. I was trying to decipher it as I read it. So here's here's verbatim: Steelers not trading Bell. And do you know what his bonus signing was? Thirty three, as it was reported, or seventeen, according to his agent. If it was seventeen, I'd have to hold out as well. Okay, that wasn't worded the best. It, it was, was terribly worded. It yeah, wasn't. That's, that's, it wasn't terribly worded. No, I just looked at it as he was reading it. That was that was horribly written. Yes, <laughs> it was hor- horribly written. And shame on you for not pre-reading it. You Seriously, never it is your fault. I mean, it, stop honestly. trying to foist it onto him. My gosh. Listen. Expecting Twitter to be you appreciation. <laughs> Todd in South Carolina. Hello. Hello. I think they'll actually, if they keep winning with Connor, they're going to stay with him. In a perfect world, they'd make Bell the slot receiver and run jet sweeps and things with him when they don't want to run the ball. And if Connor goes down, put him in the backfield. But it's yes. Connor's job. And I think the players, the players seem to be behind Connor and they seem to feel it's his job. As well they now. do, but then you're going to want you're going to wind up paying Le'Veon Bell eight hundred thousand dollars to not be the guy. You're going to pay him eight hundred thousand dollars to get a third round pick for him when you don't sign him next year. And Todd wins. Good point by you, buddy. Thanks for the call. Yeah, you just eat it. I mean, you deal with the fact that you're paying away eight hundred thousand dollars a week because yeah, it does give you the compensation pick. I like Todd. Todd made sense. Thomas, not so much. And he made me sound like I wasn't making sense because I had to read the stupid tweet. Coming up next, we've got takeaways. Oh, ho, ho, ho. three takeaways. Sports? Yeah. Sports. Takeaways from the game? Takeaways from the game, buddy. We've Tom, got takeaways from the game. Yeah, I forgot to do mine. Three takeaways from the game. I could do them all. I'm no, prepared. No, no, I'll, I'll figure one out. I'm prepared. No, I'll yeah. get one. I'll I got takeaways out. for days. I'll get a takeaway. It's a Crowley Show.